just trying to save whatever plants made it through the storm was my top priority. Focusing on any newly planted trees, palm trees, um, then working to shrubs and then lower level plants, uh, many of which the uh, lower level plants, unless they were inundated with storm surge, didn't really seem to be affected nearly as much as some of the newly planted trees. Welcome to the Landscape Cafe, brought to you with support from Fort Myers Garden Service, maintaining and protecting business and residential landscapes. Visit FortMyersGardenService.com or call 239-990-7494. All right. Hey, guys. Um, today I'm with Eric, and he is representing Fort Myers Garden Service, which is our maintenance company that specializes in high-end landscape maintenance. Um, and they most of the times they'll follow up our peer landscaping crew. Um, that's where we do our high-end landscape design and installation. And uh, Eric and his team will come behind us, do the scouting package, assess the quality of the install, give us a reporting, and uh, help us keep us accountable and also make sure things go really smooth between the installation and the transition into the maintenance and uh, so forth. So. Uh, with all that, here is Eric, our garden service manager. How are you doing today, Bailey? Doing good, man. Had a good day today, but I'm worried about this uh, other storm, the tropical storm that they have off the coast. I hope it doesn't hit us right after, like Ian did. That was uh, a pretty, pretty nightmare. Have you seen anything on it yet? Yeah, I've been keeping an eye on it. Looks like we might get a little bit of wind and some rain. So, okay, Hopefully nothing like nothing too though, much. Right? No, nothing at all like that. That was the storm of the century, I think. Yeah, I sure hope so. Man, that, that hurricane work still has me exhausted. <laughs> so, Eric, I want to talk a little bit. Um, we'll get into, you know, some of the maintenance and the day-to-day -day things that, that you guys do on your operations. But I want to talk a little bit about the hurricane, um, you know, just after. You know, personally, what did you have to do personally and then also um, – with work, what did you have to, what were the first few jobs that you had and um, how did you catch a grip on everything? After this, everything settled, I was able to assess the damage. Uh, luckily, I fared well compared to many of the people in our community. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, my home didn't suffer any structural damage. Uh, I did have to cut the vehicle, my work truck out from underneath the carport that was uh, collapsed on top of it. But besides that, uh, everything else was pretty good. No big scratches on the new paint job, luckily. Nice. So, um, and when it got out, when I got out into the field and I started going from client to client to assess the damage and meet with people and see how everyone did, I was able to get a better understanding of really the, the sheer size and strength of the storm. Um, and you see trees that are, you know, 40, 50 feet tall, just laying over like nothing ever. They never stood a chance. It really gives you, uh, it's a very humbling feeling to know that as a mees measly human, we wouldn't stand any, any type of weather like that. So. Yeah, that was pretty intense. What were some of your um, biggest challenges you felt um, going into the storm work going into the cleanup because it hits a lot different when you're a storm chaser versus when you're doing that at your home um 
and doing it for your reoccurring clients. What was your biggest challenge? Do you think was it mentally, physically, or uh, were there any just weird or hard jobs? Uh, well, I will say we were very blessed after this storm with some very pleasant weather. Mm. Um, unlike after Hurricane Irma, where it was very humid immediately after the storm with no electricity, uh, I ended up severely dehydrated. So luckily, the nice weather that Ian brought was, I think, about the only thing that was good that Ian brought or had to do with Southwest Florida. Right. But the uh, the overall safety was my biggest concern. Uh, uh, immediately after the storm, power lines, uh, hanging tree branches, miscellaneous sharp d- debris everywhere. Um, there's all kinds of things that can be harmful or if not more serious. So safety is always a first concern or priority. And once we address the situation and conclude that it is safe to work, just trying to save whatever plants made it through the storm was my top priority, focusing on any newly planted trees, palm trees, um, then working to shrubs and then lower level plants, uh, many of which uh, the lower level plants, unless they were inundated with storm surge, didn't really seem to be affected nearly as much as some of the newly planted trees. So it was important to get those trees back upright, keep their roots wet and Get, get them covered out of the sun. That's what I focused on. That's awesome. And I feel like um, I know for Peer and many of the other companies, a lot of what we're doing was, you know, the big work, the big bulk, getting trees out of driveways, getting them out of the roads, getting big, you know, big trees out of the yards, all the, the really big stuff. I got a lot of calls for the small stuff too, but the small stuff is very important too, because that stuff adds up. Like you're saying, like these new trees, um, whether the ornamentals or trees or palm trees, all these trees that have been installed. I mean, those are expensive and there was, I mean, pier couldn't do it because just our overhead was too high. It's too expensive. And the opportunity cost was too extreme for us not to, um, to do the big jobs. And so there wasn't really many people doing these very important tasks of going around picking up the palm trees, the new stuff, um, and fixing it because that stuff needs to be fixed fairly quickly. And um, man, it made me super proud to be able to tell those customers, "Hey, unfortunately, I cannot service you. I cannot cannot take this job and make your house right." But we do have our garden service company, um, and I was able to connect you and that customer um, quite a few times so they could get their newly installed landscape or even if it had been installed for quite a while and to get these ornamental trees whether they're jachofas oleanders um get those things staked back up planted get some soil around them um that stuff's really important and nobody was giving it attention um and so i I feel super proud to uh to have this company and you as a manager that went around and and took care of those details Um, and i think a lot of our customers that we did previous installations for and we do our regular maintenance as well that you service when you reached out to them directly and said hey how are you doing can i help you with your landscaping and we were able to do those small detailed things to help bring their lives back to normal give them some normalcy um they were extremely appreciative of that and i 
that that went a long way for me because we're out there doing big stuff the cleanup and you know we get praise and stuff for that but when we can take time to do the little things and do them right um with with garden service man it made me super proud so that that was awesome to uh to witness all that get taken care of absolutely i agree 100 percent uh it was a little funny at first when i would express to customer or clients that we could be out there helping rake or we could be taking the time to prop up the trees properly and to to fix what can be saved mm-hmm. and to let anybody else the the kids in the family come out to rake and clean up the debris if you will because right. the specialty like it's not just where you you can't just pull up every tree and it's just going to be okay there's a lot of work involved the phys- the the physical environment has to be changed in order to get that tree back into a position where it can be given a chance to reestablish because if it's not going to be safe once it reestablishes then you have to decide if it's actually even worth saving so there's a lot that comes into play when you're deciding to save a tree not to save a tree and then how to actually go about saving a tree for sure i think that's where a lot of our value comes from is just the educated portion of landscaping um and that was awesome you were able to provide that value um most most customers are like wait why don't you just take care of it all it's like I, we don't have time to take care of it all like we'll take care of the most important most educated stuff the stuff that you can have your teenagers do you know have them take care of um because there's a window there's a time window same thing with peer with our big jobs to take care of get our clients taken care of and there's a time window that things need to be done within and if they're not then things die or you lose out on on jobs that needed to be taken care of that could have been big for your company i mean there's just a, a time window that is restrained and you have to have to meet it so um was there anybody who you feel like was maybe frustrated or did most people understand um that you were there just to do the most important stuff and move on to the next yeah um all of our customer clients were very appreciative of the time and the priority that i was able to set for each one given each circumstance right that's cool that's awesome that's very cool um what do you think the biggest growth opportunity whether it was you personally or you professionally what do you think your biggest growth opportunity coming out of that whole situation is or will be? Um, having a better plan before the storm, right. having necessary resources set aside. Um, everybody thinks about hurricane food, hurricane water, hurricane gas, but when it comes to the plants, we need lodge poles, we need rope, we need soil, mm. we need shade cloth. Right. Having those items on hand in order to be able to set up small shade structures because in this in a situation where a canopy tree has been blown over, but 80% of the understory is salvageable, 
that 80% is now going to slowly dwindle because all of the shade is gone. Mm-hmm. If some sort of shade structure or a step isn't taken to protect the plants, to relocate them into a shadier area or as soon as possible replant, whatever the case may be. And if those lower story plants start to die, well, then everything in the landscape is going to be completely dead and that's not beautiful and that's not what we want to be able to provide. So being able to have that quick response and know how and provide that to the clients was really really awesome and just a great time to grow. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's something I, I love about Eric is Eric is a, he's our boy scout of the company. He's a very much a planner, very much a forward thinker, thinks a lot and uh, in, in a good way. And um, man, that has, I feel like impacted your professional um, stance with our company very well. You're a very good pre-planner in the position that you hold with our company. Um, that's very important. Uh, you're very proactive and you're almost always prepared. I haven't caught you unprepared, I don't think yet. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit, and I think, in my opinion, I think maybe that had a lot to do with the Boy Scouts. Um, is that is that where a lot of that came from? Always being prepared? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I've been an Eagle Scout for over 15 years. and it was definitely a huge part of my uh, growing up and my childhood and into young adulthood. Uh, and I have always give credited my time in the scouts to wanting to be outside and work in nature and be a little bit more environmentally oriented. So, and of course, Boy Scout slogan is to be prepared. So right. I'm always prepared. That's awesome. And I want to dive a little bit, deeper into that if you if you don't mind i feel like that is something that i always kind of wish that i was a part of um i feel like it's it's very impactful for for people that grow up and want a career and like it just sets really good foundations what did that look like when it was boy scouts did you go on trips did you hike what and and how did that look like for you yeah i went uh my the troop I was in, I was very lucky to be in a very active troop. Um, okay. We went on a camp, like a camp outing once a month, sometimes locally, sometimes three hours on a Friday night. And we we're setting up in the tents and camp in the middle of the darkness. But hey, we were out there for that month. And yeah, it was, I took a couple summer trips. Uh, one of my most memorable experiences was at the Centennial uh, Boy Scout Jamboree up in mm-hmm. Virginia. So when they celebrated being 100 years old, I was there. Nice. Really awesome. Um, what did you get to do? Yeah. What did you get to do when you went on these trips? Is it like you camp and hang out or did you guys have like a regimen that you followed? We were usually working on a merit badge of different sorts. So it, it, it was never boring. I'll tell you that much. Right. Right. They kept you active, huh? Mm-hmm. What do you feel like your, um, most exciting adventure was with the Boy Scouts? 
I did some whitewater rafting um, in the little two-person duckies. And oh. the younger boy that was riding in front uh, fell out of the ducky <laughs> in the rapids. So that was pretty exciting. Oh my gosh, that that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, leaving is probably the last question I have for you on the Boy Scouts. I'm really super interested. Um, what do you feel like the biggest takeaway from the Boy Scouts was for you personally? Uh, leadership was definitely a big part of it, um, but also commitment and mm. follow through. Yeah. Um, not something you just get overnight. Well, that being Eagle, the award of being Eagle Scout. Um, I was also in the Order of the Arrow, which is the National Honor Society of Scouting, which you can have you're elected into by your fellow scouts. I made it to the highest uh, position in within that society. Uh, but just when you get into something, to just stick with it, no matter how awful it is because you're going to have a good time there's right. always an up to a down so mm-hmm. sticking with it following seeing things through to the end will always pay off that's awesome that's very cool and you did that how many years did you do the boy scouts for um i did it from tiger cub which is the earliest that you can start which is first grade mm-hmm. um till i was just about 18. So that was a long, that was a long, good career for you in there. Thank you for listening in. Stay tuned for the next part in this conversation. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, the best place to rate or follow the show is at thelandscapecafe.com. The Landscape Cafe is a production of Pure Landscaping and the Niche Podcast Network. Learn more about Bailey, Katie, and the team by visiting purelandscaping.com.